We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The Chicago Bears are on the clock. All right, so Ant Heron is in for Matt Spiegel. And hello, hello. Uh, I've said since the Bears got the rights to the number one pick in the draft that the offseason comes through Chicago. They got the most cap space of any team in the league. They got the number one pick in the draft. Would have been fun if this was one of the years where the draft was in the city. Like that was fun anyway. But yeah. if the Bears had the number one pick while it was here, that would have been awesome. I'm looking to just get a paid trip back to Kansas City. Out of the deal. Drafts in KC okay. this year. So let's just go have some barbecue. Chi-Town is draft town. That's right. But it's everything. And then mispronounced Marcus Mariota's name a moment later. But And, and, and we've, never, we've never seen anything like this, man. We've, right. we've never seen a team have its franchise quarterback, have the most cap space, and have the number one pick in the draft. Uh, Jack, Potentially have their franchise quarterback. Think that they have their franchise quarterback. Right? N- not going into the draft, drafting a quarterback. We, right. th- we think. Uh, Jacksonville just last year had their franchise quarterback, had the number one pick, and had a ton of cap space, but they weren't number one. Cleveland had the most cap space and the number one pick, but used it on Baker Mayfield. So we've never seen a team have all three. Um, so the offseason is very exciting, and one of the things that I've said is that means that like any scenario that you can throw out there, Ryan Poles could do. Like, he could at least think about it. Whereas there are some teams that, like, we can't even consider that because we can't afford it or we don't have the capital to go up and draft that guy or Mm -hmm. whatever the case may be. Like, if the Packers called and said, hey, you want Aaron Rodgers? The Bears could take on that contract, right? They could take on Lamar Jackson. They could take on Devontae Adams. Like, there's really nothing you could suggest that Ryan Pohl, they could sign Saquon Barkley to a quarterback contract and run the Wildcat nonstop. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. They, it's they are. It's a very unique situation mm-hmm. where they there might be bad ideas, and there are. But Ryan Poles cannot say that's a bad idea because we can't do it. Right. Does that make sense? So yeah. Those are the parameters that okay. I kind of put on it to right. to open up like the creativity for uh-huh. for conversations right. and hypotheticals that are going to dominate. Now until was late. this conversation like you know like, medically or pharmaceutically enhanced in any way when this is ma- going on? Many of mine are okay. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. It's, confirming it's understood. Okay, <laughs> way to say it, right? But, uh-huh. but yeah, of course. Uh, and, and that Obviously. was that yeah. was also kind of why when Shane said something last week off the air, I was like, damn, I didn't think of that. And Shane's not even high, and he's not high. I don't think, and he's not a football guy, <laughs> not a sports guy. It's just a guy. Just a guy. <laughs> And so the premise was basically, okay. <laughs> uh, if what's better than this guys being dudes, if we're thinking about, dudes. okay, one of the principal debates that people have had is what will get you more in a trade? The number one pick or Justin Fields. And most people say the number one pick because you use the used car thing, right? As soon as you drive the car off the lot, it depreciates in value right. somewhat, and Fields has enough question marks and is a couple of years into his career. He's always closer to being paid. The number one pick would get you more 
than Justin Fields. Or someone saying, hey, they should draft Bryce Young and then trade him. Still not going to get as much in return. Right. But, but so that's the so, – and so then everyone has that conversation. Is there a quarterback that you should draft and then trade Justin Fields? And what Shane said was, what if you trade both? So here's the idea. Okay, and I'm not saying that you should do this, but let's say. Is Trevor Simeon still under contract? No, 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 no. Let's say that Ryan Poles evaluated that in his mind, Will Levis was the dude. Just hypothetically. Yeah. Will Levis is the guy. And let's say that he also evaluated that the rest of the league disagrees with him Mm -hmm. and that they think that Bryce Young is the dude. Mm Mm-hmm. And then let's also say, and so these are a bunch of caveats here, but let's say it's the draft like the Joe Burrow draft where Burrow went one, but then it was Chase Young and some other dudes and Herbert and Tua didn't go until five or six. Mm -hmm. Obviously, if you redrafted, they would go probably one, two, three, but certainly Herbert would go two over Chase Young, but that he could say, I will do the trade with Indianapolis. And they will take Bryce Young. And then Houston will take C.J. Stroud. And then Arizona will take Will Anderson or Jalen Carter. And then at four, I will be sitting there and I will take Will Levis. And I will have acquired the 35th pick in the draft, Indianapolis's first round pick next year. And then I will trade Justin Fields for another first round pick. So you get your quarterback, you get your assets for trading the number one pick, and you trade Justin Fields for even more assets. I got to admit, Shane, I hadn't considered it. It's probably 0% to happen. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's not happening, and I don't want it to happen, but when you're trying to think of different ways, and t- to be clear, there are, this is a logistical nightmare. It has to go down on draft night. And obviously, you have to trade the pick first. And then within that, that f- maybe 15, 20 minutes, you got to find a trade partner for Justin Fields because you can't talk about it beforehand. So it's impossible, but it's one that, that we hadn't talked about. I like Justin Fields. I think he's the future. Danny doesn't. I think he's going to be here for a while. I don't want to do it. Uh, but I did spend about 18 minutes on Saturday afternoon watching highlights of Will Watching Levis. draft day? Oh, no. That was my old partner. This feels like that. Well, it is draft day. That's my old partner. All right, so. <laughs> this feels like Shane just watched draft day and said, you know what? Let's just have, uh, what's, what's his name? Uh, Kevin Costner? Let's yeah. have him be the general manager of the Bears instead of Ryan Poles. <laughs> so, terrible idea? Yes. Objectively terrible. Oh, shut up. Feels like it. Okay. Yeah, All, right. I mean, All right. You know. Well, what, what's. You can make a good movie script. Well, you can make a movie script. Why is it so bad? Why is it so bad? Uh, it's it's a lot of machinations. It's a lot of, like Shane described, a logistical nightmare with, with unguaranteed returns in the midst of it. So an idea that intricate, you would want some sort of a defined guarantee that you were going to get the player you could have drafted at number one. So, with you know, because if the entire time you love Will Levis, but then you pass on the opportunity – to draft Will Levis at number one and just presume that if you trade down to, what are we talking, number six? Four, four is what I said. Oh, four. To, okay. to, to if we trade down to number four and you're confident in who the next few picks are going to be, one, two, and three, and you think you know you're going to get your guy at four and you're going to trade multiple QBs to kind of make that happen moving up and down the draft board, it, it feels like you would have been better served getting getting that individual at one as opposed to 
that position that they play having multiple guys go before that spot. Okay, and here's the thing, real quick. I, I want to loop you in on how the NFL works. I know you ran an arena league team, right? but it's very different here. All okay. right, There are more rounds, there are more players available, like said, more here. talents. So maybe you just aren't as familiar with the process as Danny and I are. I'm surprised I didn't learn more about the NFL hanging around Luke and Nellis all those Sundays. You know, <laughs> that's, that's true. a very good point. Yeah, the yeah. Arena League, they they start from 40 yards beyond the quarterback and just start running. They and just then run they, they just call and snap. Dead sprint it's towards different. the line of scrimmage. They so, got nets on right. each side of the field. Right. So I think you're applying Surrounded these, by these guys' abilities to play, playing in the Arena yeah. League when it's a little bit different over it's here in the it's NFL. It's a very odd, very goofy sport. Yeah, I... I hear what you're saying. Like, I, I get why you would dismiss it. But what's the way? So the Bears have a terrible roster, right? Right. They are devoid of talent at, at all spots. Pretty much everywhere. Pretty much everywhere, right? There is no way to acquire more draft capital than that scenario. Because your two most valuable assets are the number one pick in Justin Fields. Right? So in ter- if, 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 the, if the objective was... Get as many draft picks as possible. And I'm not saying that is what the objective should be. But mm-hmm. if Ryan Pohl said that should the, be on the list of objectives, it should be on the list of objectives right. is to come out of this draft with as much draft capital as possible. If he came out of this draft trading the number one pick and trading Justin I'm, Fields, I'm trying Twitch stream. I'm trying. I'm just saying <laughs> it, it stopped me cold because. All right. So like, another thing the Chiefs claim. That if they had the number one pick in 2017, they would have taken Pat Mahomes. That's what they claim. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's true, but that's what they, you know, it, it ages very well to say that. Right, uh, obviously. Yeah. It, it ages very well. <laughs> but they, they claim that they would have taken him number one over Miles Garrett. They got him at 10. There is something to be said for having conviction on your guy but getting that person with the least valuable asset possible, right? Ryan Pace did the inverse. Well, like, how did that benefit the Chiefs that they didn't get him until 10? Well, they, so they traded up to get him at, at 10, and they would have had to trade more to get him at That's what you're pointing on 9, yep. 8, 7, 6, right. 5, right? Right. right? Uh-huh. Ryan Pace did the inverse of this. Right. He had the third pick. And he was so terrified of not getting his guy. Not getting Mitchell Trubisky. That he traded from three to two, basically as an insurance policy, because he was so disgusted with the idea of having to take Pat Mahomes. <laughs> there was an audible gasp. Like, we were talking about the location of the draft. I don't remember if that was in Philly or what was that here in Chicago? No. No, no, no. That was... Was that Dallas? I think that was the Dallas that draft. That was the Dallas yeah, draft. Yeah. I'm in the draft, in the media workroom in, in the draft. When they say the net, because even when they traded up from three to two, and everybody just says, oh, well, okay, maybe they're going to go for Solomon Thomas or whatever. They're obviously not going to get a quarterback that high. None of these quarterbacks in this draft cycle are worthy of the number two pick. And then when the name Mitchell Trubisky was uttered, there was this audible gasp from the national media in the media workroom at the draft. <gasps> huh? And at, at this point in retrospect, it's like everyone but Ryan Pace knew that was just bonkers for him to make that maneuver. Sure. You go back and you look, a ton of the draft analysts had Mitch as the top quarterback rated in that draft. Mm-hmm. A ton of them did. But none of them wanted him to be drafted at number two. Correct. But so but that's kind of my point. Yeah. Is that like, you know, 
everyone was like, well, Herbert's really good. He's a first-round talent. Mm-hmm. But he's not worth the second or third pick in the draft. Right. He's worth the fifth, sixth, or seventh pick in the draft. Right. And it's like, well, wait a minute. We're talking about a franchise quarterback. That's ridiculous, uh-huh. right? Like, if you if you have a quarterback, that's why quarterbacks get overdrafted, because of lessons like that. Mm-hmm. Like, how silly does Washington feel? <laughs> they took Chase Young. Chase Young's really good. But they would be— But they could have had They could have had Justin Herbert. Right. So it was completely insane to say— that Chase Young graded out a little bit higher than Justin Herbert, so we just had to go best player available. That's a completely insane notion when it's quarterback. It's not if it's like left tackle v. pass rusher Mm -hmm. or like receiver v. corner, right? Like positions that are of comparable value. But if it's quarterback v. any of those others, it's insane to take the less valuable position over quarterback. So if you agree that the best thing to do is to take the best player available with the lowest draft slot that you can get them simply because of asset allocation, mm. then it's, I don't know, it it makes me, it, it stopped me in my tracks. And again, I don't, I think it's dead on arrival because I don't think Will Levis or Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud are worth drafting over Justin Fields. But even if they were, there's still no way to guarantee their availability once you trade down to that slot. Of course. And so that would be, it'd be like a game of chicken. And like and recon, you'd have to like, like what type of, how connected is Ryan Bowles? And we're going back to draft day where he's working the phones and there's the split screen with yes. him and the other GM. Well, it is draft day. Yes. <laughs> and, and, and a texter says, as soon as you drafted Levis, you would lose all of your leverage on fields. Well, you'd, okay, let's say. You, That's you, why I said that you have to, uh, yeah. No, no, you, you, no, you have to, you, you have to, no. <laughs> don't, don't go leaking your confidence no. everywhere now. You have to, you have to, right. What I meant to say is, it, they, both of them have to happen at the same time. Oh, Shane sounds notice. like the, the, uh, the Jacksonville GM from draft day. <laughs> Flustered, <laughs> right. he's handsome, smart. Yeah. Just level with me. Yeah, doesn't know about the clock and how, being on the clock and how the long rules. 15 minutes is. Yeah. Yeah. But no, you that happens all the time. You read these like uh oral histories of draft decisions. It's like we have an agreement in principle if our guy is there. Mm-hmm. I don't have to tell you who my guy is, all right. but I will trade up to this spot if our guy's there. So it would be like, okay, let's just say it's Seattle, just to make yeah. it easy. They have the fifth pick in the draft. Yeah. All right, we're trading from one to four. We are drafting our QB at four. But Seattle, we have a trade for the fifth pick in the draft for Justin Fields in agreement as long as our guy is there at four. If our guy is not there at four, we are pretending this conversation never happened. (laughs) We're drafting Jalen Carter or Will Anderson, and we're keeping Justin Fields. But if our guy is there at four, and say it's Will Levis, just mm-hmm. in this hypothetical, mm-hmm. now we have Indy's future one. We got the 35th pick in the draft. We got our QB of the future. And we have Will Anderson with the fifth pick in the draft. Galaxy brain stuff from Shane. If I like you, it. If you can read the room that well, it could work out beautifully for you. And again, Texans are getting caught up in the names. I'm not saying you would want Will Levis. <laughs> That's not the point. The point the Aside point, from Will Levis being much worse than Justin Fields, right. but just for the purposes of this exercise. Make it Bryce Young. Make it right. the point. What he said that stopped me in my tracks was, well, wouldn't you get the most if you traded both? Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, yeah, you would. And so, hell, man, you could trade from one to two. And then you only need to scout one team. Right. Like, 
it, if you knew, if Ryan Bowles had a Texans source, or if the Texans, let's just say they're a bad organization. Like, if Jack Easterby was like, yeah, I want to come up and get Bryce Young. I got to come up and get Bryce Young. And he was like, oh, well, damn. I want Will Levis. Mm-hmm. Now I trade. They, they, they don't got to trade to four. Right. And then you, you just trade to two. Mm-hmm. So now they take Bryce Young one. You take Will Levis two. You picked up whatever draft pick you got for moving down from one to two. And then you traded Justin Fields to Seattle, and you had the fifth pick. there. Now you have the second pick, the fifth pick, and the Texans' second-round pick, or whatever you got for the Texans moving up from, from two to one. And then it's way less espionage. Right. The, right? the main difference is that if you're, if you're trading down several slots, then there's a lot of things that could get – it's out of your hands. And for a position that you still feel like I'm you're going you. to get the top guy at that spot versus – I'm expecting multiple players at that same position to go before the guy I want. It's, okay. It's obviously a very tough read, but if you can but pull one, it off. But one to two. One to two. Oh, well, one to two is different. Yeah. All right, well, so let's, let's, let's amend it. Okay. One to two. They trade down with the Texans because they know who the Texans are going to take, but the Texans are going to take the guy that they don't want to take. And oh, yeah. Then, and then they draft him. That's what San Francisco did to Chicago when Chicago drafted Trubisky, yes. Right, they moved down one spot, knew right. they were moving up for a quarterback, and Still then they're like, we'll guy. take Solomon Thomas, and we'll we'll get our guy, and we'll get the extra picks. Right. That is a balling idea. Now, again. I mean, in theory, well, well it, yeah, they're not, the Bears probably aren't going to draft a quarterback, but in theory, yeah, they could just do that with Houston and just swap with the Texan, Texans right now and y- yes. still have their pick of the litter. Yeah. Right. Well, so, but if they're not drafting a quarterback, I think that they, it's reasonable to say they should trade down further than two. Mm-hmm. Trade down with Houston. Right. But I mean, for the purposes of this exercise, if they trade down one slot and feel confident Houston's going to take Bryce the, Young, then sure, Then you take your quarterback mm-hmm. if you wanted to do it. And so if anyone's just getting in the car and saying, what the hell are we talking about? <laughs> It's understandable why you might be confused. But I genuinely thought that I, I was like, dude, he's like, he said, we got to do the, the take yesterday. I was like, don't worry. No one's going to steal it. <laughs> I was like, I, I, I promise you nobody is going to blog this one right. or think about this. This is so outside the box, but I loved it so much because it was like that. And I bet you. Because I'm always thinking, like, I think about this stuff all the time. I mm. lay awake thinking about it. I think about uh, like, But then i all the time surprised by moves that happen in right. sports because these guys are professionals, and they have research departments, and they literally work 16 hours a day on it. And they're mm. not also concerned about Oscar Colas and right field and Patrick Williams' yeah. development. They are only thinking and about And they're not high. And they're <laughs> that's a valid point. Yeah. They might be. They might I've be met high. enough football people. <laughs> right. Yeah, I've met enough people. <laughs> I've met enough humans. I've met enough lawyers and doctors and broadcasters and football uh, people. Let's right. let's not give them that one. But it's just like I bet you they've thought about it. I bet you they've thought about it, or will think or about will it. Will eventually will think, think about it between now. And, damn, what if our guy was the guy that you could get? at four, two, four, five, wherever, mm-hmm. and we also would then want to move on, this would be the way to get the most assets for it. So, all right, you said it was a bad idea, but I feel like you came around on it a now, little that bit. that was draft Bryce Young at number one, then trade down and trade both Young and Fields so you draft whatever quarterback no, 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 at four no. or five. No, it would be sim- – it, it would be – it's very simple. <laughs> See, it's very simple. I can explain it so easily. <laughs> No. Uh, well, call it what you will. No, I, I think that's a ridiculous idea. It's, it's, I mean, I, you know, 
I just, there are other, let me put it another way. There are other better ideas, in my opinion. You tell him, Hub. I still think that overtime idea was a good one, Hub. <laughs> By the way, think about the envelope theory. Have you heard my envelope theory? I haven't. I oh, feel like I... It's a great That's idea. That's stupid. Whoever thought that was a great idea is an idiot. Okay. I'll run the... Do you want, all right. To recap the, dra- the trade, <laughs> yeah. re- the idea would be right. the idea would be you have two very valuable assets: Justin mm-hmm. Fields and the number one pick. If the goal is to get your quarterback of the future, but you don't think that you need to use the number one pick overall pick to get him, you could trade down from one to two with Houston because you would do some form of espionage to know who the Texans are going to trade up from one to two to get. Call it Bryce Young for the purposes of the exercise. Mm-hmm. Then. You have acquired an extra draft pick or two to move down from one to two, and you still get your guy. Let's call him Will Levis. Or C.J. Stroud. Or C.J. Stroud. But yes. Or, or, or whomever. Mm-hmm. And then you have a agreed-upon trade in principle with a team, call it Seattle, and say, if our guy is there when we trade down, we will execute a trade of you for the fifth pick and Justin Fields, and now you get – the extra pick from Houston moving up from two to one, you get your quarterback of the future, and you get draft capital for Justin Fields. That was Shane's idea, represented by me. I will take all of the criticism. You, sir, are a genius. I know. My overtime idea will blow your mind. <laughs> I will bring that to you coming up. I, I think I think we've solved NFL overtime, even though Hub dismissed it. He was very, very, very rude. And this was from how long ago? About what was it, two years? About, Something like that, yeah. About, but was it was it that long? Yeah, two years already. Yeah, two years. I'm telling you, man. God, and yeah. it's so stupid. Just it's a, wait. It's a great <laughs> idea. <laughs> you, you think you think I my ideas? Wait. Hey, this is wait. even more stupid. Like too stupid for the arena league. <laughs> no, no, don't say that. This is arena league stupid. No, right. nothing's that dumb. <laughs> hmm. All right, and I got a little information that a texter asked a good question about the Mike Clevenger situation. Uh, I got some information from someone in baseball that I can uh, relay on the other side as well. Parkinson Spiegel on the score. The Parkinson Spiegel Show, afternoons on the score. All right, so you want the theory? You want the overtime fix? I, I've been waiting the entire break for this. All right. So they changed it for the playoffs. Everyone got all upset that you could score a touchdown and the other team wouldn't get the ball back, right? Too much weight was put onto the coin toss. And I agreed. I said, yeah, too much weight is put on the coin toss. But I didn't agree necessarily that, you know, you should every overtime is not necessarily designed to be fair. It's designed to produce a winner of a game that right. wasn't able to be acquired during the first uh, 60 minutes of regulation in, in, action. In regulation, right? Yeah. That's why in so many other sports, there's shootouts and penalty, penalty kicks, kicks. And yeah. we, we, we change hockey, you play with fewer players. Uh-huh. Like, you know what I mean? So it, things change. So my idea was introduce a little bit of game theory into who starts with the ball. So so possession is determined. Bomani Jones comes out and flips the coin. You know I love my guy Bomani. Obviously. But, uh, no, the strategy is there is no coin flip. Okay. Who is willing? Both teams would want to start with the ball, right? Yep. If you If you presume that, that in overtime – if it is first team to score a touchdown wins, mm-hmm. everyone is always rooting to take the football. Yep. So you'd say, who is willing to start with the ball in the least advantageous position? So each team comes out to the 50-yard line with their designated captain with an envelope, and they have a yardage written in the envelope. And then the... 
ref opens it and says, the Packers are willing to start at their own 10-yard line. And the Bears are willing to start at their own, drum roll, their own five-yard line. Bears ball! <laughs> and then it's like, uh, everyone, oh, man, they were crazy. They were willing to start at their own five-yard line. And now, first and 10, own five-yard line, Bears ball, but they're pinned deep. So then if the Packers force a three and out, punt from your own end zone, get the ball at midfield, field goal wins the game. So it's an, it's an you know, there, it would introduce strategy because some teams would say, oh, man, maybe because someone was like, well, then everyone will just start at their own one-yard line. No, they wouldn't. <laughs> Every team would not be willing to drop. Matt Aberflus wouldn't. No, of course. He would trust his defense. Right. You know, Now, maybe in a game like the AFC Championship game, Bengals-Chiefs, both teams would be willing to start at their own one-yard line, and then you'd have to have some sort of tiebreaker. Makes sense with those offenses and those quarterbacks. Yeah, but I think that that is an interesting, strategic. It'd be fascinating. And listen, these coaches can't handle timeouts and fourth and two situations, so I don't have any confidence that they would execute this correctly. But I, I so I like laid the whole thing out. Mm-hmm. This was in the midst of right after that playoff game. Okay. When uh, what was the when the Bills didn't get the ball back and everyone was when everyone would, but me was upset by that. Yeah. I, me too. Uh-huh. Me too. We were we were on an island, <laughs> and I laid it out to Hub that week, and he he hit me with the he was trying to be so nice because him and I had had a couple of on air fights <laughs> that, that year. So he, he was, you had had on air fights with him. Okay. I know, right, I yeah. know. He was he was trying to be so nice, and yeah, then it, this it, is it, how well, he just call it what you will. No, I, I think that's a ridiculous idea. It's, it's, I mean, I you know. I just, there are other, let me put it another way. There are other better ideas, in my opinion. He is the sweetest man on the face of the planet. He could have eviscerated you. He could have set you on fire. How? The, the, uh, the take is flawless. It, they're not going to open an envelope at midfield it's with it for a surprise. We flip a coin and we measure first downs with a chain gang. And sometimes the chain doesn't even work, as evident this past weekend. Yes. I mean, uh, don't, don't put it past the NFL to try something different and to bring archaic props onto the field. Like, I am anti-robot ump okay. because the, the human element of the Ugh. stakes still appeals to me. But that being said, they should at least have some kind of microchip in the football. Right. Use the same system that tennis uses to determine inbounds and out-of-bounds and first downs. That's available to football. Why they don't use it, I, I don't have a good answer. So you do that. you like my idea? Good no. idea? No? No. Wait, what if they hack the football, Ant? What if they bribe refs? Like, I mean, you know, there, there's still all these elements of, of foul play that would come into what, it. What if Mac Jones comes out and snaps the ball and touchdown <laughs> right away? Are we supposed to just right. believe that? Tennis is, what, what does tennis call their thing? Or whatever that thing is called. I was about to say the Heinz device, but I think that's the NASCAR. That's what keeps the drivers from dying. Right, when yeah. they, when they get car whatever crashes. tennis's system is known yeah, as. Yeah, they're like court vision thing. They, well, we right. have one of those devices for uh, Danny's takes to protect us all. <laughs> So that you guys don't get whiplash from my awesome takes? Yeah. Hey, That's why we have the glass, Tanny, and the ability to turn the monitors there down and take go. our headphones off. It's not a bad idea. Okay. All right. So the very Academy Awards kind of vibe to I, it. Just come out. All right, so yeah. people, people get hung up on the envelopes. Mm-hmm. What if you messaged in your yardage number to the ref? <laughs> like, and then the ref just announced it. I don't care. Like, <laughs> like, the ref goes under a very small hood with a cell phone. <laughs> 
like, the presentation of it does feel rather cheesy. I, to have an, an official standing at the 50-yard line unveiling an envelope. Not even, I, I can't stop picturing Howie Mandel's deal or no deal and some beautiful woman in a short black dress opening a suitcase sure. to reveal uh, at, right. at, at midfield. That's a partnership idea. Okay, Ooh, yeah. Boom. NFL loves money. Now you're on. Now you're on board. <laughs> I'm just saying. I, it's interesting. You agree that not every team would handle it the same way. Not every team would handle it the same way. I 100 okay. agree with that. Okay. Strategy. <laughs> I've taken out randomness. Hashtag strategy. Yes. Yes. We do not care. I have removed <laughs> the random randomness of the coin toss, and I have implemented strategy for overtime. And everyone's like, it's a bad idea because of the envelopes. Okay. <laughs> then then have the ref talk to uh, Eberflus and then have him talk to Getze and have him just come out and announce the Packers are willing to start with it at their own five-yard line. Have parachute guy from the Tyson Holyfield fight just, like, bring it down. He can just drop it on the field and then go parachuting away somewhere else with some kind of fan behind I, him. I just, okay. But I mean, everyone's like, it's a bad idea because of envelopes. <laughs> we can adjust envelopes, folks. The point is the game. Laser. They should use some kind of laser pointer and then put the teams. You're not taking this seriously. <laughs> they should put the teams bid on like the 20 yard line on the opposing side. This team bids 20 yard line. The other team bids 37 yard line. It's not double jeopardy, Danny, <laughs> or final jeopardy, whichever the hell one it is. This is the National Football League. Again, we use chains since the dawn of time. We use chains. I'm just okay. Fine, 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 fine. You guys aren't on board. I've heard worse just, ideas. Just, just, just wait for the year 2040, okay, when the NFL catches up with my forward-thinking ideas. Where do you stand on robot umps? Uh, I am pro-robot umps. <sighs> uh, yeah. You still have a human there to call safe out at home. but you know, So there's still, there's still that element. But mm-hmm. once You're t- wrong. Once and anybody that wants a robot umpire is wrong. Tell them, Grabber. Once there is, once the technology is better than the human, society has shown we go to the technology. Now, at the moment, we're just getting ready to prove that the technology is better than the human, right? Yeah, we'll see. Okay. Yeah, we'll see. yeah, yeah. yeah, right. yeah. So, so you don't I, want robot umps today. I, I, I am not an expert on the technology. Like I'm not a computer programmer. But when they neither tell, is baseball. When they tell me that the technology is ready, mm-hmm. not and I, but I do not believe that the standard needs to be perfection because it's not now. It just mm-hmm. needs to be better. Mm-hmm. Like don't let perfection be the enemy of progress. Mm-hmm. If they say that the umps get it right ninety four percent of the time, whatever the number is, mm-hmm. and they tell me that the technology gets it right ninety seven percent of the time. Give me the 97%. I would like a wider variance, but, I mean, yes, I, I agree with progress. I, you know, I doubt the humans get it right 94% of the time anyway. I, but, but whatever it is. Right, yeah, what, 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 yeah. Whatever it is. So, anyway, I asked somebody about the Mike Clevenger thing because a texter brought up a, a good point. I said, hey, so why is Clevenger allowed to be a free agent if there's an open investigation like this with Major League Baseball? Should the team not have known? And he said, for the same reason that guys are allowed to play when they're under investigation, the system isn't supposed to punish people being investigated, just people for whom the evidence warrants a suspension. So I guess in that case, it's just bad luck for the White Sox if you believe that they didn't know and nothing came up in their due diligence 
on Clevenger, who if you're just joining us and haven't heard the athletic reporting that there is an open investigation into uh, Mike Clevenger that is very ugly, domestic violence from uh, the mother of one of his children. So I guess whether or not the White Sox knew or not, they're going to say they didn't know. If it came out that they did know and they signed him anyway, that'd be a horrible look. But at this point, we have no reason to believe that is the case. So we'll see about that. And did you hear something, Shane, that's worth passing along on that subject? As yeah, well? I, d- I did talk to someone as well that, that th- their explanation is the Players Association would simply never let it happen. If there was only allegations and not a charge that was brought forth and a conviction of some sort, the Players Association would just sue and, and not allow a player to not become a free agent simply based on an allegation. That was what I was texted back by someone as well. Just it would need to be collectively bargained, which it would be there's not a likely pattern that that would actually be collectively bargained that just based off of a charge that you could say we're denying someone work. I got something that happened in my life and it continues to happen in my life that I think Aunt Heron can provide insight on. I think Tanny can provide insight on. I think Shane can try to provide insight on. And I'm sure many people in the audience would be able to as well. It's next on the score. No, they're not our frogs. (laughs) They're not frogs. They're fishing. Yeah, they're fishes. Fishish. So that is the uh, champion of Parkins versus Parkins versus Spiegel versus Spiegel. He, Did he win? Oh, he won. <laughs> My three-year-olds beat us in picking three games against the spread every week the entire NFL season. So 20 years from now, you're going to hearken back to this moment and say, I knew he was going to be like the top sports betting expert. I'm I'm so proud. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's, uh-huh. a, it's, it's amazing. Um, and so I love him. I'm happy to hear that. But <laughs> I don't always like him. Yeah. Don't tell anybody. All right. But just among us friends here, uh-huh. I love him. It's the like that wanes sometimes. at times. So I'll give you an example. Yeah. He's been regressing with sleep. He's three years old. He's been sleeping through the night. Like, has he still been napping or is he? Yeah, no, he, he still naps. Yeah. But he, but at night, overnight, he's become very the, – the bedtime routine is very elaborate, which is common and, okay, that's that's fine. It's a mm. little ridiculous. The and Consistent? Like, do you guys try to stick with it? We, every night – but, dude, but, I mean, it's, it's like a 30-minute, okay. multiple books, multiple <laughs> songs, brushing okay. of the teeth, going to the bathroom. Oh, I mean, that's what we do. It's, yeah. what, it's what you do. All right, right, right. right of hang course. on, hang on. Let me write this down. Go a little slower. <laughs> yeah, right. 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 No, no, no. <laughs> No, when no, he no. said elaborate, I thought it was like, you know, did someone stay, show up and do a comedy routine? Or, feed him. Is there a nightcap involved? <laughs> Before I put him down to bed, I let it make sure Owen goes to the bathroom. We got to say, I love you. Yeah. Like, yeah, I on. shoot up for Ruben all the time. No. I say, Rue, it's potty time. <laughs> no. Okay, it's much more elaborate. I Broad strokes. I can't turn off the light. He has to turn off the light. Okay. The the animals have to be on the floor, and then we have to put them into the bed one by one. Ooh. Then you put the diaper on him after he goes to the bathroom, and then as soon as you turn off the lights and you sing him the songs, he says, I feel a poo coming. And so then you got to go <laughs> into the bathroom, and you got to take the diaper off, and now you're in the bathroom a second time. Did you have to dump that or no? no, no and, okay. and so like it's elaborate. Okay, and he's so just, have you considered that your son's going to be on a TLC show about OCD? Well, right. So, right. So th- there's, and it's always just asking for more things yeah. before. So like, so the bedtimes, so then you get him down 
And okay, fine. Who's better about nose, by the way? You? My wife. You? Okay. All right. and, and, and and so, so okay, th- so now you get him down and you're a little frustrated yourself for being frustrated at the toddler and it's the end of your day and right. you, whatever. So you go downstairs and you have a couple hours with you and your wife and adult time and whatever and then we go to sleep. And now overnight, he is waking up. Like last night, between midnight and 1.30 in the morning, he woke up four times screaming top of his lungs hmm. we have a older house the soundproofing isn't great mm-hmm. you can't just like sleep through it right and at some point he's gonna wake the baby up who's mm. in the next room yeah. and now we got an extra problem because if we go in there and just like address the little issue he goes right back to sleep but so like he will be screaming top of his lungs blood curling scream mm-hmm. and you walk in scream 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 oh hi dad yeah can I have some Vaseline, please, <laughs> on my lips? And you're like, that's why you're screaming? That was the emergency? <laughs> and so you like, you go in there, and then you like give him a little Vaseline, rub it on his lips, and he goes, oh, wh- one more baseball song? <laughs> Which means sing him, take me out to the ball game. And you're like, okay, fine, but like, lay down. And so like, you sing him, and he's like, hush, little baby? And then you're like, so anyway, you sing hush, little baby. And so then you're like, all right, so now I'm like, all right, Owen, good night. He goes back to sleep. 28 minutes later, you're, like, kind of falling back to sleep, but your blood pressure's all up. It's like, he <laughs> was woken up. He sounded like his needles were in his eyes. Yeah. Now, the wife goes into the room. Hey, what was the issue? He needed a diaper change and a little bit of Vaseline. It's like, <laughs> all right, diaper change is legit. Uh, 15 minutes later, screaming at the top of his lungs. One more song? He's playing me. He's just manipulating me. He's uh, not really mad. He just knows that if he screams, I'll come in. Yeah. But if he screams, I can't sleep. And if he screams long <laughs> enough, the baby won't sleep. So what do I do? He's got me completely trapped. <laughs> he owns me. He calls it his house. <laughs> calls it his house. You got to learn to say is. no. It is. I pay the mortgage. It's his house. Yeah, but I, in I, we know that my parenting advice is stellar, but. You just have to learn to to establish a string of saying mm. no to the kid. But he's going to keep screaming. But, okay, so you're going to have to deal with it Ugh. until he learns that the it, kids are just like dogs. So it, he's going to have to learn that his screams are going to get you come running. Yeah. This is on you, partner. Okay. Now let's talk to people who actually have parented <laughs> toddlers. Your advice is going to be the same. B- Bishop's five years old. Did this happen right. when he was a three-nager? Uh, the terrible threes? Were, Did this happen? See, that, I'm, I'm glad you used that term because we had no terrible twos at all. Soon as he turned three, like I think literally he was three years and one day old was his first tantrum. And he went off. Yeah. Wow. What, who are you? Where did this come from? And we were introduced by some friends to the term three-nager because we thought we had skated by. We thought we had evaded any possibility of our son having issues with tantrums or colic or anything that a lot of folks go through when they're younger. He turned three years old, and he he went off a few times. Now, you know, we we eventually got over, and he's still, you know, have a little attitude problem here and there or whatever. But as far as getting through the night, he is an outstanding sleeper. Like, he would, if he wasn't doing full days of school, if there were pre-K at this point, he would still nap. He wouldn't love it, but once he goes down, he's pretty much down. So we, we've been really fortunate with that aspect of it. My, my biggest thing with my son is that he's got, he's got too much of the – he's got too much of me in him where he wants – like every word is parsed. Every time we're, we're telling him something or he's asking for 
something and then we try to respond in a way where we're not necessarily saying no, just trying to skirt the issue or talk around it. And he's picked up on that already. He's like a great interviewer. We can tell if a yeah. follow-up question is necessary. Like, oh, well, you didn't say I couldn't have three dinosaurs, so can I have four dinosaurs? Well, actually, no, we're, we're, we're trying to avoid giving you any dinosaurs because we're going to go somewhere. With, well, okay, why can't I have the fourth dinosaur? All right. You may get the fourth dinosaur later. What time am I going to get the fourth dinosaur? Oh, yeah, he's so he got really you. wants to pin lawyer. you down on the specifics of what he's looking for, why he's not receiving it, and that can get very, very taxing because then at a certain point, then your blood pressure starts to run and you're just trying to move on with the next item on the list. God, they're so hard. Tanny, any advice? No, I got a good kid. <laughs> Um, <laughs> no, um, that's perfect. Be- because of our like living situation, when when my daughter was the age that Owen is now, like we were basically all in the same room, so we, you could call it co sleeping or whatever. So we didn't have a lot of those middle of the night issues because I think the, you know our daughter always felt confident that we were close by, so there wasn't a lot of rebellion, like pay attention type stuff, mm. like which is natural. So we didn't deal with a lot of those. We did deal with some once we moved to our house. A little bit of regression where it's like, okay, she's got her own room now, but she still wants to come back and hang and sleep with us. And, you know, like that kind of wavers, you know, depending on, you know, how much she misses us on a given week. So, like, but now she's literally too big to share the bed. So, <laughs> like, now she's uncomfortable. We were uncomfortable for years, but now she is actually uncomfortable. And also, we're not cool anymore. Yeah, so, right, like, right. so, she wants her own room. And so now she has it. So, but yeah, we didn't deal with much, much of those early on. Yeah. Do you guys have any kind of like monitor or camera or anything yeah. in, in the room? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, yeah again, so, like, when you got eyes on them, does that help or, or when you can, I he, mean, obviously, you, you can he's in the next room. He's standing, he's <laughs> screaming. Dada! <laughs> Mama! <laughs> I feel a poo coming! <laughs> That's a good drop for you. I already got it once, man. <laughs> I need two different versions, but I, I appreciate it. It's just insane. It's insane. Rambling grimace. <laughs> I just... Oh, my God. I'm never going to sleep again. And people are like, oh, Shane's right. You got to just let him cry it out. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Hey, you that, want me to sleep train your kid? I'll, I'll stay over there for, for a, uh, a few weeks and you go take care of Willie for a little while. I'll sleep train Owen. All right. I'll get him a crate. That's, that's page one, by the way. Raising a boomer 101. Yeah. yeah. Ignore him. Just ignore him. <laughs> Just ignore him. He'll be fine. I mean, it's one of those things. Like, if there's a legitimate issue, then yes, it makes perfect sense when there's not. I, I so think... you have the, adv- the other kid. You don't want the other kid disturbed either. Yes. Like, I. As far as my sleep, I've never been a guy who needs a lot of sleep. So when our son, the, the moments where he would keep us up, it didn't bother me nearly as much as my wife. My wife has a standard sleep pattern. She's looking for that eight hours when she can get it. So when he would keep us up, problematic, but not preferable. You know, But it, yeah. it, there's only him. I think, gonna, I think I'm going to try to go in there, but not give him what he wants. Oh, and you got to go to sleep. Listen to dad. And then leave. You're then not, he's just going to scream even more. You're not the authoritative voice in the house. No, I'm, t- I'm terrible at it. It's Marta. It's the nanny. I know. <laughs> Dude, she needs to move in. It's mortifying. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. You got to finish that basement. Put her down there. I'm working on it, man. I got to I gotta get this money right to finish that basement. It's absolutely insane. Uh, nice to meet you, Marta. All right. More NFL takes to bounce off Ant Heron to see where we agree and disagree. Bears and NFL and big picture stuff next on The Score. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. 
Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade used with permission.